Hello all you gore fiends and horror hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. Awesome. And I can't wait to review Friday the 13th Part 3. Kinda. Dude, so, look, obviously just today we put out part two. Right. How do we go from that to this in a year? That's also extremely hard to do, because I love part two so much. And part three has its moments, but it's definitely it? one of the lesser Friday movies. Well, he gets his mask. I love Shelly. Dude, okay, we're just jumping into this right away. Perfect. All right. So... <laughs> Shelly, to me, you remember in Texas Chainsaw how much we ragged about how annoying Franklin is? Yes. I feel like they saw that and like, that's our leading man. Only make him worse. And we no. got Shelly. Dude, and I'm separating Larry Zerner. Larry Zerner's awesome. Shelly, I fucking hate. No one's worse than Franklin. He's the Shelly is 100% worse. No, I no. love Shelly. Shelly's like the only character I like in this movie. No, dude, I swear to God, this is one of the most... Um, I'm trying to think of, like, my most annoying characters. Remember in Fade to Black, I was like, we should bring back bullying for this kid? Yes. <laughs> I feel that way about Shelly. No, I love Shelly. He is. He's such an asshole and a dick. And then he also loves to play, like, I'm the nice guy role of, like, where's your fedora? Yeah. Shelly loves him. Reddit. Yeah, I bet you he's on 4chan all the time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Friday the 13th, Part 3 from 1982. You got some credits for me? Uh, yes, I do. Directed by Stephen Miner. Um, produced by Lisa... Lisa. Uh, <laughs> Victor Miller was one of the writers. And there's like a bunch of writers on this. Which is not always a great sign. Usually not, to be honest. And I uh, want to mention Harry Manfredini is back with as the composer with the only disco song I actually enjoy. I was going to say, did he do like the weird new wave music that they have in here? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if that was him or not. When you watch the part three documentary, he was all proud that they used to play it at the discos and like people enjoyed it. <laughs> so this movie, if you don't know, is the one that was made in 3D, like. So if you're just watching it in 2D, you're missing a little bit of that experience. But the problem is, they focused on that and not writing a good story. Yeah, which, you know, I was looking up, like, just a couple little tidbits about this. Because I know there's so much behind the scenes of this movie. Gene Siskel actually liked this movie. Because of the 3D and the slow burn, where you don't get anything good that happens for the first hour. Wait, so the guy who hates Friday the 13th. And all yep. the good ones. Yes. Likes one of the bottom tier ones. Because of the 3D. Okay. Alright, that's what we're dealing with here. Exactly. Also, a really cool thing about this. You know my hatred of E.T.? Yes. This movie was the first movie to re uh, remove it from the number one box office spot. <laughs> that's awesome. I saw that. I was like, I need to include that in this episode. Because I love that little thing so much. It's like, fuck you, E.T. So there's another little fact about this that like comes with a little bit of a caveat. Hmm. This was the first wide release 3D movie. Now, right. 
the caveat with that is we've had 3D movies for a long time before this, like going back to the creature from the Black Lagoon and everything. That was huge but, in the 50s. Yeah, so the only thing is I don't think the term wide release really came out till like around this time because I think it's now I'm don't know all the specifics, but I think it's 600 theaters for a wide release. Okay. I think there just weren't that many theaters back then. Right. So I think that's the reason you Technically, this becomes the first wide-release 3D movie. And they, I think, like almost tripled their budget. Well, not their actual budget. But it cost them almost the movie's budget to distribute it in 3D because they had to send like all the glasses out. They had to send the ways for them to play it in 3D, all this well, kind of stuff. They had to create a specific kind of lens to send to theaters to show this movie correctly. Exactly. That's how insane this is. And all four... Friday the 13th Part 3, which is a Friday the 13th movie. I'm saying this at the very beginning, which means I have to love it. But there's levels. So we're already into Brett from Dimension Z loves every Friday the 13th movie. So now we're going into the levels in the Friday the 13th franchise. So you remember when we did Part 8, and I was a very joyful person because I love that movie, and you were really crabby about the whole thing. Yes. This is me, where it's still one of my favorite franchises, but it's the one that makes me very crabby. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said, when I say, I'll, if I say I hate this movie or things I hate about it, it's in the tier of I already love it, because it's Friday the yeah. 13th. I still watch this movie more than a lot of movies I really like, I'll oh, put it that way. Very much so. Alright, so it starts off with a recap of the last movie's ending, like most Friday the 13th movies do, except... A little additional scene of Jason getting up. I think just, uh, what's the word, retcon the face we see in the last movie. And that's what I was talking about on our part two episode that I had a thing about part three. Why I think the part ending of part two where Jason jumps through the window is uh, a dream. Okay. Because right here we see him remove the, well we see him like drop the machete and crawl off screen. And then he's immediately like basically uh going to go shopping at the dirtiest convenience store in the entire world um but it has nothing to do with jenny or paul or whatnot i wish they would have done the original idea where jenny was going to be like a kickboxer and like uh training to like be this awesome fighter and then she goes back to her dorm and finds paul's body and that makes her like go after jason but amy Steele just said no yeah, I know. I I wish we got that too. I would have been much more invested in it because oh, yes. our final girl, Chrissy, Chris, in this one, probably one of the worst final girls in the franchise. Probably one of my least favorite, right up there with whoever the part eight one was. Now listen, don't you go slandering <laughs> Rennie? Okay, oh, I even remember her name. I remember Chris's name. Because you just watched it five minutes ago. You know why I do? No, it's because this half of this movie is just people saying each other's names. And I still can't remember most of them. Paul? Rick? Shelly? Andy? Dude, we get the Pamela head, like in the last movie, and the 3D title card comes out of her eyes. It's so insane that this is just, and this is also 1982, where I believe at this time, Disco was already, like, way over. Yeah, it's been dead. Yes. 
And I think it sounds like the songs from Super Mario Brothers, that's all. Oh, I could kind of see that with, like, the dirt, 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 dirt. It's like you go into yeah. one of the cave-like levels. Exactly. <laughs> but we're introduced to Harold and Edna. Oh, my God. Okay, so Edna, when I first started watching this, because, of course, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for coming. Um, but I've been watching the Friday the 13th series since elementary school. I, at one point, had all of these on VHS and lost a few of them along the way from watching them too many times, and I'd, like, completely almost erase them or just in moves. I always hated these people from, like, I was, like, eight years old, being like, they're disgusting. See, I don't hate them nearly as much as the people from Part 5, the Sloppy no, Joe people. No, as them I love. They're oh, funny. I fucking hate them. These people just, well, number one, well, okay, there's so much to unpack with just these people alone. He shits without wiping. Number one. <laughs> just right up there out front. He takes as this runny, horrible shit and doesn't wipe because he hears a noise while he's chugging Jack Daniels on the uh, toilet. I know there's stuff that happens before this. That's my number one complaint about this man. Number two okay. is he's feeding his fish in the general store, <laughs> and then starts eating the fish food, going, hmm, this is good, and then is disgusted by what it's made out of. You've okay. most likely had fish at some point in your life and had those stinky flakes. Yes. That smell horrible. That's what he's eating. I mean, I definitely tried it as a kid. He does, He smells it at one point and goes, hmm, that smells good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean... I definitely tried fish food as a kid, like as a little kid, but you put everything in your mouth, put that into it, and yeah. spit it out. Oh, this is also the dirtiest, worst convenience store there's ever been. I know it's just this country convenience store that's basically beside a lake, but he's just opening jars of peanuts and eating out of them. He's drinking orange juice and just putting it right back on the shelf. There's a literal rabbit hanging out in the produce. Yeah, a rabbit that rabbits shit all the time. There's pellets all through that. He's taking a, one of the donuts out of the dozen donuts box and eating that. <laughs> yeah, and that brings us to the fake out. The very first, like, you oh. think Jason's there, but it's the wife catching him eating the donuts. And she yells at him because, like, didn't your doctor say you need to lose weight? You're so fat. It's just an excuse to why there he has this ginormous pad on the front of his body that... He doesn't look like a fat guy because his face isn't fat. His arms aren't fat. He just has this ginormous front. <laughs> Maybe he's bloated. Oh, he must be from, I don't know, doing something with that rabbit. But he takes the rabbit back out to the pen and all the other rabbits are dead. And But nothing to do with Jason, just a snake got into the cage. And the snake jumps out <laughs> and is clearly like pulled by a string just for the 3D shot. And it's amazing. Because you can see where they tied the string to the snake and didn't take the two seconds to snip the ends off of it. Because these ends are just flying everywhere, and it's so horrible. You want to talk about, like, Plan 9 from Outer Space being like, look, you can see the strings. Ed Wood kind of tried to hide it somewhat. They were very light strings. These ones, they might as well be cables. Well, I'm glad he brought us to this subject, because we had to get into it eventually. So, the problem with this movie is they did not care about writing a movie. They no. cared about the 3D. And there's so much of, like, yeah, we don't care, just get that cool 3D shot. 
that ruined a lot of this movie is the reason I'm here complaining, not praising it. So, yeah. like, yeah, we don't care that you can see the cable because there's going to be a snake that jumps at the audience. So, you know, maybe if you saw it in theaters back then, it was different. But me in 2023 watching this, it's eh. Well, even watching the documentary on part three and the actors were saying that they were very much of don't exactly worry about your character. Worry about getting that yo-yo perfectly into the lens. Yes, which took forever. Yeah, which you could see why you get the performances you do then, because they're not really getting a whole lot of direction. And what they are getting is just make it look good. Just whatever. Yeah. But next, Harold goes to this unknown building to me. I don't know if this is a shed outside or a basement under the house or where the hell he is, but strange room. Yes. And then, of course, Jason's in there. He gets a meat cleaver to the chest. Yeah, and the effects on this are in this movie are also pretty bad. Because the meat cleaver to the chest, it's sunken into his chest, like, at the tiniest little, like, quarter of an inch. Of, like, it's gonna hurt. But that's not killing you, and that's also not making, like, a gallon of blood spray out of you. It doesn't look right, but he goes... What was the one movie we covered where the fat kid in the movie, they just stuffed a pillow in his shirt? That's ice Cream Man! Yeah! <laughs> this is the Ice Cream Man kid grown up. He has a pillow fetish. But next he gets Edna kills her with a knitting needle, which is kind of one of the more amusing Jason weapons we've ever seen. But also extremely hard to see the needle, like, coming through the other side, because it's like the needle's coming out of her face and we're facing her. And unless you look extremely close, you can't really see the needle. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's weird. We cut to our teenagers for the movie, or young adults. I'm not sure which ones they're supposed to be in this. But they're picking up Vera, who's going to be Shelly's date. They've never met before. There's, like, setting them up. When they all go to Higgins Haven to go hang out for a little bit. This group of friends reminds me of the group of friends from Spookies. A little bit. Very mismatched. Why are you friends? None of you like each other. You're all extremely different age ranges, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Especially the hippies. (laughs) Oh, they look like they're in their late 30s. Rick looks like he could be Chris's dad. (laughs) But, okay, so here's the thing. They knock on the door, Vera comes out, and... She's like, which one's my date? One, Shelly's wearing a weird mask right away. Like, me. I would, right then, I would say, fuck you guys and turn around and walk back inside. When you go out to meet your, like, blind date for the weekend and he's standing there in a fucking purge mask. I'm like, nope, I'm going inside. Well, and he's immediately has no confidence. I feel like you could do the purge mask thing if you had, like, a ton of confidence about it and you just owned it. He's, because he's immediately like, yeah. I'm sorry I'm your date. I know I suck. I hate myself so much. You do, and you should, Shelly. <laughs> I love Shelly. But they see the van's on fire, and they all run to the van, <laughs> and it's just the stoners in the back smoking a ton of weed. This <laughs> is the movie where they really lean into the sex and weed thing. Yeah, very much so. Also, the two stoners in the back, it's like the stoner couple, it's this guy and the girl. The guy looks like he's like Cheech, like a Tommy Chong's like nephew or something. Yeah. Where it's like you're he's distantly related to him. Like you can kind of see the resemblance in there a little bit. Why do they have to each have two foot bongs? They each have their own. You're going I on this know. large trip 
It's like you're packing the largest things you have, and they both have one. And bongs are for sharing. It doesn't really even seem like, I know like every once in a while one of them's like, oh, I'll take a toke. But like, no one seems like to be smoking as much weed as they are. So it's like, they're almost annoying in this group. Yes, they very very much are. Yeah. Because all they do, they sleep, they smoke weed like they're crackheads. They're like, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, and then they're driving, and there's police behind them, so they freak out, they eat a bunch of their paraphernalia, (laughs) but then the police just go around them. Oh, this is also where we find out, which one's pregnant, Debbie? Um, I don't know. Not Chrissy. The one of them is like, I can't do it, I I can't eat any weed, I'm pregnant. For no reason. It's almost like um, Tiffany Shepis, how she's like randomly pregnant and Victor Crowley for no reason. Yeah, to make the already, like, sad death in that even sadder, yes. Yeah, it's like, it's, why are you, it's not even like they play with it and they, like, give her the belly or anything. No, she just, she doesn't look like she is, like. (laughs) But the cops go around, and we see the police taking out the previous victims from the little country stores they're driving past. Which, a little tiny funny thing about this, when I was watching it this time, is you see, like, two cops, like, escorting people away, like the onlookers, but there's only two onlookers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of makes sense for the location. It'd be weird if there's yeah. a giant crowd. Yeah. They're probably customers, like, why isn't the store open? They're used to this by now. They're like, of course there's another string of murders. So next, we're introduced to another one of this movie's biggest sins, is the new Harbinger. Oh, and I hate this guy. Number one, why are you sleeping in Mow the Road? You're asking to get killed, Mr. Homeless Man. Number two, your beard is so horribly fake because it already <laughs> looks bad. Then they put him next to the guy in the movie with the real beard. So you can compare it them easily right back and forth. So, and then he's like talking about how it's a death trip, like they won't make it. And then he holds out a human eye, at least what we're told is a human eye. It looks like gum is blobby on the end, and he pulled like a string back on the end. And, of course, it's a 3D shot right to the camera. Dude, my biggest complaint, why would you not call the police immediately? There's a man sleeping on the road with a human eyeball telling you you're all doomed. I would be calling the police right away. And you're on some, like, back road. I bet you he knows exactly where you're going. You know, there's probably not a whole lot of stuff back there. Also, the police are right there. You saw them loading bodies in body bags into an ambulance. Now this guy has eyeballs. I think I found your suspect. Well, I don't know. Apparently there's a lot that goes on here, because we already established Crystal Lake, Camp Crystal Lake in the first movie. We established the counselor training camp in the last movie, the night before this. There's the general store. There's Higgins Haven, like all these other places set up around this lake. So apparently there is a lot going on. He might not find them. Also, I want to real quick mention, this is like my least favorite lake of all of the movies. This is my, this lake is under like part five where it has like no lake. Because this lake was man-made, and it looks like it's one of those little tiny coves that, like, go off of, like, Crystal Lake, maybe. Because it's so shallow, you can see, like, the rocks and the logs, like, right there under the water. I know what you mean. I can still buy that part of Crystal Lake, and that's why 
think like this random cabin that this family owns, like this farm, isn't going to be on like the prime real estate of the lake. You know what I mean? Yeah. What well, that is, it's almost like this is like Camp Crystal Stream. Yeah, exactly. It's like a little inlet of the lake. It's just this lake annoys me so much. But they arrive at the Higgins Haven, and Chrissy walks into the house and gets a jump scare kiss from Rick, her boyfriend. Yeah, and I'm guessing Rick is like, okay, so Chris is going to show up, and as soon as she sees me, she's going to get naked and have sex with me. And if she doesn't do that, I'm going to be all pissy and mad for the entire movie. Dude, and they start teasing this thing here that we don't get. She talks about it for the entire fucking movie, and we don't find out about it forever. Yeah. I can't believe I'm back here after what happened before. And it's super ambiguous. It's not like she says ever what happened. Oh, later she does. I mean, kind of, and then she blacked out, and then I woke up in bed, and everything was fine, and Mom and Dad never mentioned it, and it's like... Yeah, we'll get there, because I have thoughts yeah. and annoyances when we get there. But Shelly won't skinny dip, because I'm not skinny. Yeah, they said you have to, they're going skinny dipping, and I'm not skinny enough. <laughs> um, Let me see, Chris and Rick are flirting in with the barn pulley just to establish that's there pretty much yeah and it's like chris i don't get it every year your dad buys all this hay but he doesn't have a horse what's up with that well every year he plans on buying a horse and buys all this hay but no horse i fuck you don't care Kill all these people, jason <laughs> immediately like make this horrible <laughs> take your time they hear a scream, and Chrissy and Rick are running, they're checking the house, and Shelly has pranked them with a fake axe to the head. And it's great, because it's one bud, like, everyone's screaming, and like, oh my god, until his, like, friend shows up and, like, tickles him, because he immediately knows, like, he's fucking around, he does this all Dude. the time. Again, I would not invite this man anywhere. Like, no. so we're going to have a nice, cool weekend trip by the lake. Oh, let me pack my scary purge mask, my hockey mask, my fake axe to the head. Like, what is going on in this man's bag? Why this, are you doing this? This does make me feel good, though, that in your mind, then, I'm not as bad as Shelly. Like, I'm not that annoying. So I'm actually pretty happy about this because I get invited places. I, w I would not be your friend if you were like, so, <laughs> not in this place, we would not have this podcast, no. So, no, you're good. Yes! Shelly and Vera leave in the car to go to, like, the gas station oh. convenience store type place. Because Vera's like, I need to get out of here. This is right after the stupid Shelly jump scare thing. You would almost be like, she's trying to get away from Shelly. Shelly yes. runs up and is like, I want to come too! And she, like, drives <laughs> away from him just enough so we can see Shelly do his funny run. So, not only did you not get away from him, the reason you're getting away, now you're away from everyone else you want to be with and just stuck with this man. Yeah, now you're stuck with him. It's like, oh god, I guess we'll go to the convenience store and just turn around. Jesus Christ. They get to the convenience store. It's like, oh god, he's looking at pornos. This guy isn't even trying to, like, impress me whatsoever. <laughs> but also, Chris stormed away after the axe scare, and Deb ran after her. But at the convenience store, like we said, he's looking at Playboy, and then they're robbed in, like, broad daylight in front of the cashier and everything oh. in this store. <laughs> This is a line that's always stuck out to me from, like, it's just random lines from move. It's like uh, from Throw Mama from the Train when she's like, Owen loves his mama. 
it's just like that sticks out in my head is she goes to pay for the food and the cashier's like, we don't accept no food stamps. Yeah, what the fuck is this <laughs> cashier? Why is she assuming that? Okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. But yeah, then they do the, Shelly, I need some money. And he throws the wallet into the camera while he's staring into the camera. <laughs> so like the shots where it's like, the axe going at the camera and stuff. You know what? Inoffensive, unbothering. Like sure. I can tell they're there, but whatever, you know, nothing bad. The scenes where it's like that, like the yo-yo, the juggling, yeah. that I can't stand. Have you seen um, the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie? Yes, I have. This movie reminds me a lot of that because the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie is just setting up 3D gags. To the point of, at the very end, they're sitting in front of a 3D television and like are like, wow, look how amazing it is. Like, it's a goddamn commercial. It's not yeah. like, let's say, one of the Marvel movies, that it can be in 3D and it can also just be a normal movie. And exactly. it works either way. No, it's just like you're just trying to sell the 3D aspect and there's no actual substance. No, not at all. I'm just Ugh. left with bad 3D effects and an annoying main character. And I don't have a 3D television. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so he throws the wallet, it gets intercepted, and this guy, this motorcycle crew, is just keeping his wallet. Yeah, it's Loco, Fox, and Ali. Which, Fox is funny, and I kind of enjoy her. The other two are just so goddamn annoying. It's, once again, it's like these people in their 30s just hanging around like they're still teenagers. It reminds me of the arcade machine goons from Return of the Living Dead 3. Okay. Yeah, they take their money, and Shelly and Vera, defeated, go to leave. But Shelly's like, no, they've gone too far. And he drives around. Well, first he backs into the guy's motorcycle in an accident. He starts yelling at him. He drives right. like, no, they went too far. Turns around and runs over the bike again. Which, at that point, uh, that is one of the reasons. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is why, like, a good Shelly moment. Of he doesn't just run away like you would think his character would. He's just like, no, fuck you. Like, he already fucked up his car, so who cares? So he, like, turns around, runs over his bike, and then Ollie's like, oh, fuck you, man! I'm gonna get you! Like, screaming in the street. Like, what is the shop owner doing? Dude, well, one, like, Ollie busted out Shelly's windows, too. So, yeah. in this time, they have robbed this man, busted out his windows, and Shelly has hit his bike. Look, all in all, a wild day, but the way they go to escalate it later is fucking insane. Oh, yeah, and it's so funny, too, because Fox is like, I don't know if we should be doing this, Ali, and it's like, it's okay, honey, which we just gotta get even with them. <laughs> yeah, that's not even. <laughs> no. But next is the, the yo-yo scene, that's all. Yeah. It, it's like, it's so pointless, but you still have to mention it, because it is, like, brought up every single time of its... Him just concentrating so hard to get this yo-yo perfect. Yeah, Rick and Chris leave after the car is returned. He's all mad about the windows being smashed out. And Debbie and Andy go swimming. This is where also, like, Rick is super, because uh, he's like, what did you do to my car? And they're like, we're sorry, it wasn't our fault. You know, we apologize. Shelly's kind of a dick. He's like, couple uh, dings, little spit and polish, you'll be fine. It's like, it's a busted window. There's no window. <laughs> Yeah, um, but, also, um... By the way, the stoners are just gone most of the movie. 
Oh yeah, I'm guessing they're just because later we see them just asleep on the couch. That's where they've been since they arrived. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Rick is like, he's like, I'm going to get out of here. And Chris is like, I don't want you to go. He's like, give me a reason not to, babe. Yeah, he's the worst. But the biker crew shows up and they're going to fucking torch the barn. Which it's so funny when they first show up, they're like sneaking up. This is another Jason, like a uh, jump scare fake out thing of you see the boots walking up in the pants and it slowly pans up. And it's like, it's loco. Okay. And he's like, Roof! He does this, like, dog sound, I guess, to alert everyone else. They're trying to be all quiet and sneaky. And they siphon the gas out of the van, which this I want to come back to later as well. Why do you set up the siphoning of the van if it doesn't matter and they still have the reserve gas? I don't know. Um, Well, because you had to have that, like, stop moment later, but... It's padding. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, like, they're going to burn down the goddamn barn. Yeah, like I said, a bit of an ex- escalation. Also, <laughs> this is where Fox walks into um, the shot. Steve Miner said action. Fox walks into the shot. And Steve Miner said, I have set up all these props for you to interact with. Interact with them somehow. So it's just her, like, slapping stuff and looking at it and throwing it around. She takes, like, a canteen and is making bunk noises with it. And then she I'm gets so up to the you brought this up. She gets up to the hayloft and is like swinging in the on the rope, screaming like "Woohoo! This is so fun!" And it's like, "Shh! What are you doing?" It's like, "How does not? How is everyone not alerted to? Oh, look! There's bikers here." Yes. Dude, what what is she doing in this barn? She's literally I, walking around just drumming on things. It is. It's that's what it's like. Just Steve Miner's like use these props specifically for this scene, and then I will say cut. <laughs> and I could buy she's walking around to see if there's anything worth taking first. Like, yeah, maybe they're evil, but they're not heartless. They're checking to make sure there's not an animal. I don't know. Just have her walk in there, hands in her pockets, look around. Same effect. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to. It's like, um, what's well, like a stuttering John on his podcast. If he's like looking for something, like let's say, uh, I go to Google something right now, and I have a little bit of a gap of silence. Greg goes in there and is very nicely, takes that out, and it makes it sound so good. Stuttering John will just sit there and go, uh, he just starts making noises. This is the film version of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she swings out, the one guy's looking up at her, and then she swings back in, but she's gone, so he goes back in and after her to find her. But he finds her dead up top, stabbed to the wall with a pitchfork, And then Jason has multiple pitchforks, I guess, because he stabs him in the gut with a pitchfork. Which Fox hanging by the pitchfork from her throat, like she's up off the ground. That's a cool visual. Oh, yeah, it's a cool shot. But it's also funny when Loco gets stabbed because he like reaches around to feel the spines coming out of his back. And he like takes forever to have the cigarette drop out of his mouth. He's almost like trying to spit it out because it's stuck on his lip. (laughs) Yeah. But the last guy's like yelling for him, like, come on, we're going to get caught. Well, you're going to get caught because you're swinging around yelling, but whatever. But he goes in and he's looking and that perfect Friday the 13th timing, a body just falls on him. And he tries attacking Jason. He grabs a machete. He loses. And Jason, you think, kills him. Yeah, Jason, like, he, he hits him in the head with, like, a club kind of piece of wood thing, it looks like, and beats him a couple times. And usually in a horror movie, you're like, oh, yeah, he's dead. He may come back later. 
Yeah. Has he just been laying in that barn for hours? Like, what's he been doing? <laughs> I guess he's been unconscious. I don't know. Maybe. But there's a juggling contest here between oh, yes. Shelly and, what's his name, Andy. It almost, because um, Andy likes to do handstands and walk on his hands, and Shelly juggles. It's almost like in uh, uh, Animal House, when they're like, do you have any specific talents that we can showcase in this movie? And one of them's like, I can juggle. And the one guy can do, like, the uh, throat drumming kind of thing. It seems like that. Of, like, does anyone have any, like, fun talents? Yeah, that's probably it. But it's 3D shot of juggling. The contest is going on. Deb says something sexy to Andy and gets him to stop. It's almost the exact goddamn line from part two. Where my favorite couple from that, when uh, they're arm wrestling, the... um, two guys are arm wrestling and she comes over and is like, don't wear yourself out. If you want to do something with your hands, follow me. It's almost the exact same goddamn line. Yeah. And they leave and Shelly just keeps juggling for some reason. Cause he thinks this is the impressive skill that's going to get him laid. He's juggling. And then Vera like bends over to put some more wood on the fire. He like so obviously stops juggling and bends around to stare at her ass and then as soon as she starts to set up again, goes right back to juggling. Like, do, 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 do. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> he does stop here and it kind of goes to ask her out. And she goes, I'm going to stop you right there. We'll talk when I come, when I come back in, we'll talk. And like, she's still like, yeah, we'll talk. Just, I'm going outside for a minute first. She leaves and she's like, bitch. I'm like, why am yeah. I supposed to like this guy? Yeah, that's another. That's one part of like, oh, Shelly might not be as good of a guy as he's claiming to be. He might not be one of those nice internet guys. Because as soon as he gets shut down, he reverts right back to, it's her fault, she's a whore. Uh, Deb and Andy are having hammock sex. Looks fun. Be interesting. I was thinking about that for like a minute, and then I was like, I need to pay attention to this movie. I'm like, think of all the fun things you could do with that. I feel like it has to be that kind. Like, if it's the rope kind, I feel like there's way too many things that could go wrong. Oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, end up, like, twisting an ankle. <laughs> You're going to get castrated. Yeah. <laughs> ah! It got twisted in there somehow! <laughs> now I'm a eunuch from Game of Thrones! <laughs> but this is where Chris tells Rick the backstory about why she doesn't like coming here. Kind of. So, here's the thing. Originally, the plan for this scene was... Jason was going to be a rapist, and that's what happened. Because they wanted to make people really hate Jason, and because they were going to end it here. So they wanted people to root for the end of Jason, and that was their plan. And then halfway through, they're like, no, we're going to make a shit ton of these. And yeah. they changed it to, he just drug her around the woods? Yeah, and also, it doesn't fit with the character of Jason. He hates sex and drugs. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's not in the movie. That's just behind-the-scenes stuff, knowing that. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about that, too. But it also does, like, it's so, like, ambiguous of just, yeah, she gets drug around the woods. That's why I almost think of this part, because she says she ran away from her parents after her and Rick got home late from a date, and her mom slapped her. It's the first time she ever hit me. And she goes running off into the woods and falls asleep under a big old oak tree. And then she's awakened by the footsteps and all that happens. And then she is asleep again and wakes up in her own bed. I'm almost guessing all of that part is a dream. Well, yeah, because it doesn't make sense. One, Jason kills no. people. He doesn't drag him around the woods. 
And I know later she says, it's you, when she recognizes him, quote-unquote. I have an explanation for that, too. Don't worry. I've thought about this franchise way too much. They decide to go back, but the car's dead, so they're going to have to walk back. Well, it's Um, such a funny thing, because I don't know cars really well. You know, like, the basics kind of like I do. If the battery dies and your lights turn off, because he goes, like, maybe it'll start anyway. No, it's not. No, but I also get trying, because you try to convince yourself it'll start. Yeah, but never in history has that ever happened. Not that I know of. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or is it remember how Vera left outside, and she's like, give me me, I'm going to go outside first. Yeah. So, she's sitting by the lake, and a hand jumps out and grabs her, so us were like, oh, it's Jason. No, it's Shelly with a spearfishing gun and a hockey mask. Yeah, the very first appearance of the infamous, the famous hockey mask. Shelly brought it to him. Shelly in a skin-tight, like, jumpsuit thing. (laughs) Wetsuit. Wetsuit. Yeah, in a skin-tight wetsuit. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> She's like, you're being such a jerk. He's like, well, being a jerk is better than being a nothing. It's like, and, I never oh. called you a nothing. It's like, you were thinking it. It's like, oh my god, dude. <laughs> Most insecure, annoying character. But, She's like, I'm trying. <laughs> but he goes into the barn, and at this point, I don't know why Vera has his oh. wallet. Did he drop it there? Well, um, Well, I think she still has it from earlier. Yeah, because she starts like looking through his wallet and I guess I think it's like a picture of his parents because it looks like an older, fatter version of him in the picture. Oh, okay. But yeah, she like turns around and like it's so like, you know, when you're watching a movie and you can tell like the person tripped on purpose, but it was supposed to be on accident. She threw that fucking wallet in that lake. Oh my god, yeah. And they're <laughs> floating away. It's like, oh, what will I do? And it takes her way too long to get in the water and get the wallet. But she gets it, a uh, victory. Then she turns around and Jason's on the pier and just oh. fires a fuck the fucking spear gun at her. Holy shit, our lake boy struts out like a, the bad motherfucker he is. And his brand new hockey mask, he's like, this is my new look. And he's like, I also got a fucking spear gun. I think I'll use this in a few movies from now. But it's great because he doesn't even like aim it with both hands. Because think about it, this is still person Jason. He's still alive. He reaches up like a gangster and shoots it one handed right to the fucking eye. Oh yeah, and of course three D spear flying at her. Oh, and horrible string. Also, Shelley was being an extreme perv because he he was going into the barn because he thought that the hippie couple were fucking and he wanted to go watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, hammock sex is finished up and Deb's going to take a shower and oh, Andy God. walks on his hands for a beer is just, dude, this is in no audience either. It's just him walking around the cabin on his hands and Jason's like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. He's like hiding against the wall. I love how he's like pressed up against the wall, like as flat as he can be. <laughs> And then he kills him while he's upside down with a machete strike. This is a weird shot, though, because it's, like, shot from underneath. So he's clearly, like, on his hands on top of, like, glass or, like, a see-through plastic. I think they had to do it on top of plexiglass. 
but it's only like there for a split second. It's so weird. I'm like, hold on yeah. that shot. That's cool. Well, because the MPAA made them cut it because of extreme gore. But here in just a couple minutes, we see him in the rafters and we see all the gore. He's split halfway up the middle. Yeah. But this is also the saga of the beer, which I'm pretty sure also this is the woman that's pregnant. So maybe skip the beer. But um, it's he walks in and it's another Jason scare of uh, you think it's Jason, but it's him walking in on his hands. It's like, hey, do you want a beer? Yeah, get me a beer. And then it's like, Andy, Andy, Andy. Hey, never mind about that beer. Andy, did you hear me about that beer? Andy! It's like, oh my god, shut up. Just take the beer. Or if the if he brings the beer up and you don't want it, I bet you he'll drink it. I skipped it on purpose, and you had oh, to make me relive it. Thank I did, you. Because it just, every single time I watch it, it's like the tea kettle scene from the first one. Of why? Why is this going on and on and on? But she grabs a Fangoria and is Ooh. reading an article about Tom Savini. Yeah, and 25 years of Godzilla. Isn't yeah. that hard to believe that that's like, God, it's like if Godzilla was what, released in the 90s? Yeah, I think. I'm bad at math. Yeah, about. But uh, it's so insane to see 25 years of Godzilla, because what are we coming up on now? Like, six? is it 69? Yeah, uh, this next year will be the 69th. Nice. Nice. But she notices blood dripping on it from the ceiling, looks up and sees dead Andy, oh. like you said, all split open and gory. And then she's Kevin bacon like from the first movie, but with a machete from underneath the hammock. Yeah, it's done, but horribly. Uh, here's where the power goes out, and the hippie guy goes to check the fuse box, Chuck, and we get a dead skunk scare? Is this supposed to be a dead skunk or taxidermy? I don't know. I think it's a taxidermy skunk. Pretty okay. sure. Because, yeah, he goes down to the basement, and he's looking all over. Of course, he's, like, super afraid. It's almost like he just watched Scooby-Doo, and it's like, I'm going to be shaggy. But he, like, finds, like, a pinup calendar, and it's like, nice. Shelly stumbles into the room upstairs with the girl who's making popcorn, and his throat is slit and slinks down, and she goes, Shelly, stop it. She just keeps going at what she's doing, because we've seen him pull this so many times. Oh, it's the greatest example of, like, crying wolf. It's better than the original story of, like, he's been doing this so many times. She even met, makes a comment of, like, nice makeup job. And yeah. he's like, help! Like, he's, like, reaching out for her, like, dying. <laughs> And then back in the basement, Chuck is electrocuted, his head oh. slammed into the power box and everything. But the funny thing is it makes the power come back for a minute. We get a great shot. This is another shot that I love in this movie. When he turns the light on and it's like a back shot of you see the front of him and behind him's Jason. Where the light goes on and he just appears. It's like, oh, that's kind of creepy looking. Yeah. But the girl upstairs at this point realized Shelly's actually dead. Okay. She... Oh my god, the way she runs and screams, Shelly's dead! Shelly's oh no. dead! And like, she doesn't run, she kind of power walks into the house, goes yeah. up the stairs looking for people, comes back down the stairs, and then is killed with a hot fire poker. I remember even this map on the Friday the 13th game annoys me. Because yeah. of just this house that they're mainly in. Also, would that cauterize? Like, I saw, I paused where she got stabbed 
and it was like in the stomach. It's not like it was in the heart. It's not good for you, but you could survive. What they say in Reservoir Dogs, it might take you a few days to die, but you're not dying right now, are you? I feel like it would kill you. Yes, through there, it would. I think it would kill you pretty quick. I don't know though. I'm just saying, it's just almost like uh, lightsaber rules of, for some reason, they always just stab them, like, forward, and they don't never, like, just, like, take it to the left. I have no idea. Just I'm to slice sure. you. <laughs> Chris and Rick come back home, finally. They can't find anyone, and Rick goes outside from it, and Jason has him while Chris looks at him like, Rick, where are you? Jason has him, and then crushes oh. his head, and we get a cool 3D eyeball pop. No, it is not a cool 3D eyeball. Oh, bop, bop. No. It looks horrible. The eye, the head looks terrible. There's a string attached to the eye, once again, that is extremely visible. The eye looks bad. This is another one of those things that fucking Siskel said. Oh, I love the physics of the eyeball pop thing. He said, go fuck yourself. It looks terrible. Why do you have the worst taste ever as a human being? So we're down to Chrissy now, and there's so yes. much of this oh my movie God. left. Because now she runs around forever screaming Rick. Rick! Rick! You see her, and this is also where, like, for some reason they don't do the thing a lot of times horror movies do where it's a rainstorm. They do a windstorm, which is kind of interesting. Other than no, the dude, fact that... They the do big, a tornado. It's yeah. not a windstorm. Uh, the windows keep opening, and she runs and around for five minutes shutting windows. Yes. Because also she's found a dead body at this point, so she knows shit's going on. They also keep showing the giant window that you know someone's going to get thrown through. It happens in every Friday the 13th movie. At this point, you're expecting it because this is part three. They did in the other two. And they cut away from it. They cut back to it and then cut away from it. So just do it! <laughs> And then right on cue, Rick's body thrown through the window, and Jason, armed with an axe, follows through. Oh, and Chris does the worst fake scream of, ah! <laughs> of, like, she does, it's, she's acting terrified. <laughs> yeah, she knocks a shelf on him and runs and hides upstairs, and Jason's looking for her, and she screams because she finds a body in the closet, and... I love Jason, like, hut, 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 running out of the closet. That's so great. That's such a funny shot. This is one part I will give Chris props for. How many of these movies have we covered where they find a body with a perfectly good weapon still in the body? That, yeah, it's icky. You don't want to pull the weapon out of the body, but you do it to survive. She at least pulls the knife out of the girl and because Jason's like hacking at the door and reaches his hand through to unlock it, she stabs his hand. Jason makes a noise here. He's like, Rrr. Yes, he does. And then she comes out and swinging, like slashing at him, like backs him the whole way down the hall. Yeah, and stabs him in the leg. And he goes, Rrr. Again, he made a noise. Yep. She gets out the upstairs window. She's almost caught in the process, but she got her jacket caught, but gets out, gets away. And Jason's coming back down the stairs because he's not jumping out that window. She hides around the corner from the door and smacks him in the head with a log. (laughs) 
Which this is still funny when they're playing around with like Jason is still alive and can be hurt and stuff. Like in part two, they kick him in the nuts. This one, they're hitting him with pieces of wood. Like, yeah. And it affects him. Yeah, because he's just normal dude here. Yeah. He gets in the van and almost hits him, but the van stalls out on the weird rickety bridge. Okay. And here's, here's the part you wanted to get to, I believe. Yes, because earlier they set up the perfect plot device of why the van doesn't work. You always have to make the car and the electric go out and the phones go out and the car doesn't work in these kind of movies. It was yeah. already written around because they siphoned all the gas out of it. Why now put on a reserve thing, but there's you're, she's parked on a bridge that's rickety. She puts on the reserve thing, starts the car back up. The van falls halfway through the bridge, and then Jason like shows up. It's just to know. make five minutes more go away in the movie. You know what, though? I don't care about this that much because, oh, hope is gone. There's no gas. Oh, wait, reserve. But then the van singing, like, it's kind of that, like, roller coaster. So I get what they're going for there. Yeah. But yeah, it, it annoys me. Jason grabs her throat and she's saved by rolling up the window. <laughs> she <laughs> runs. It's like, it's, it's the old crank window, of course, too, because this is the 80s. It'd be funny if it's, like, one of those slow electric ones, like in, like, 90s cars where it barely works anymore. <laughs> but she gets in the barn. Jason comes in and she's hiding in the rafters, but she starts oh. slipping and. She falls on him, of course, like right on him. That saved her life. If she would have fell anywhere other than him, she's dead. Well, she <laughs> but, had the perfect hiding spot. Why did she start fidgeting around? I think she's probably fallen. Well, she was perfectly fine. And then just randomly just is like, oh, now I'm upside down. <laughs> it's also funny where Jason walks into the barn and like scans the barn is like, okay, I will start. And I will search this entire barn, starting what is exactly to my right. And he just starts throwing shit everywhere. <laughs> but um, she runs back upstairs and he follows. She KOs him with a shovel, ties a rope around his neck and rolls him out of the fucking barn. And which is a cool death, actually, for Jason. That's like a cool way to beat a big slasher. He's oh, hanging yeah. there. And she goes back downstairs, opens the barn door right in front of hanging Jason, but He's dead, right? So she goes to leave. But Jason, like, pulls himself out of the noose and frees himself. And this is where we get the face reveal and everything. It's yes. you from her vision. You also had thoughts on this. Yes, I did. Thank you. So we see Jason. He has to take his mask off, like, a little bit. He, like, kind of, like, uh, works it around to get out of the rope. We, he never fully tastes his mask off. So we only see, like, part of his eyes and, like, his nose and under. It's not like we get a yeah. full face reveal. And all she we'll said later. about... Well, well, no, that's a dream. Oh, true. You're right. All she said during her attack in the woods when she got drug around is uh, he was hideous. So, and her... That was also a dream, I believe. So it's just her mind putting this face on him because later when we see him fully unmasked, that's a dream. So that face is already in her mind. I like what you're doing. I think you're giving him way too much credit though. No, I'm writing around. So Jason isn't doing the super bad thing. Oh, I still don't even think that happened. Cause they even said they wrote that out. They originally were yeah. going to do that. And then they wrote it away to where he just attacked her. But I don't see why. Why would Jason attack her and not kill her? Like because bad writing. 
yeah, but that's my complete workaround of watching these this series for 20 years and thinking about it way too much. That's what I've come up with. Man, you should be a yoga instructor with how much stretching you're doing there, but I'll take it. <laughs> he frees himself, and then the biker guy is still alive. Yeah. He goes back Jason and gets his hands cut off right away and then killed right away. And he's, like, beat to death again. <laughs> yep, but then Chris grabs the axe and axes Jason's head slash face, which is where we get the iconic slash in the hockey mask. Chris is like, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> and... I don't get this at all. I guess it's just like the first one, because she goes on a canoe trip onto the lake to go to sleep for the night. Yeah, well, yeah, she axes him in the head. Um, She kind of kicks him for a minute. Yeah, she gets in the canoe, and she's almost like, well, I saw the first movie, so I want to do that again. Jason's not in the lake, and it's the lake is so terrible. This is when you see the most of it and see how tiny it is and how horribly they made it. And this log comes out of nowhere and bumps her. There's the first jump scare. Now here comes some ducks. There's another jump scare. (laughs) And then Jason is now upstairs in the house, looking out the window at her. And it's like, at the window and comes like busting out the door while she's like trying to get away. And the worst, like she's just not going anywhere. And she's trying to paddle away. Doesn't she turn around and like the door's back on the hinges? There's no Jason in sight. And she's like, yep. Phew. And then, okay, think about the first Friday the 13th. That last jump scare scene with little boy Jason is so done so well. Even when you know it's going to happen, it's done so well, you enjoy it because it's very shocking. The camera is like not doing some weird jerky motion and you're not cutting like. It's not four scenes long, cut down real short. Like, it's iconic. It seems like the part three mom jumping out of the lake thing is just so like, well, we did it in the other two movies. Like, there's a kind of a jump thing. Like, yeah, so they make Pamela Voorhees' rotting, wormy corpse jump out of the lake and grab her. And I hate it. I hate it too. And it's obviously a dream. Dude. It's not, you know, you know my least favorite Friday the 13th, and it's not this one. But this was always my least favorite ending. Yeah. Well, actually, this is part's funny, because then it cuts to, like, the cops are bringing her out of the cabin and putting her in the back of the cop car, and it's like, no one else survived. And at first, she's like, rah, rah! <laughs> And she starts, like, laughing in the back of the cop car. I always thought that was funny. I was like, oh, she's completely gone nuts from this experience. Oh, yeah, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre ending. And I think she was already kind of halfway not quite there because of all the things she keeps imagining. Yeah. And then they take her away, and you get a shot of Jason, quote-unquote, dead in the barn laying there. Which he's not, like, put some caution tape around him, put a couple police officers in the background, throw a sheet over him, make it the tiniest bit cinematic. Yeah, but on the bright side, this lets you know the whole end was a dream thing, because you still see him there. Exactly. According to Steve Miner in a interview just a few years ago, this is actually where Jason dies. He is dead in no. war. Nope. Nope. Don't think nope. about it. His fingernails are black. His skin is, like, gray. His face, because we see part of his face in this one. 
And it's not all like contorted like it is in part four. I have an excuse for that too, because when he got axed in the head, it might have done some neurological damage and maybe it twisted his face around, and that's why it looks yeah, exactly. different in part four. See that one I can buy. And like he got beat in the head, he probably broke a jaw. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one that's never bothered me. But no, I'm not saying he died here. No, I like that. Of like part I four, he's already dead. Nope. He's not he's not that dead Jason until the lightning. Okay. I just I saw that in an interview, and of course it's not actually canon, but now it's a part of my own head canon, so yeah, I like it. Nope, I'm mad at Steve Miner for even putting that into the world. <laughs> you can tell I'm in a great mood with this one. All right, let's get to the end of the episode stuff. Well, this one, honestly, though, I had a blast talking about this movie. I've been really looking forward to covering this one because for so many years, I've had so much to say about this one and like screamed at the television by myself or when I lived with my parents, mom had to listen to me and now Liz has to listen to me. So finally someone else has, has to listen to, to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I am very excited because that means the next one's part four, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, I love four and I enjoy five. So I'm looking forward to doing that one as well. All right, let's get into the calendar dead. Oh, real quick. One last thing I do want to mention that we didn't say in the show, but we talked about beforehand. This is the dirtiest lens in the goddamn world. There's all kinds of hairs and little smudges and dust all in the lens that shows up from cutting from scene to scene. It's so like distracting and annoying. Yeah, no, I definitely noticed that in this copy too. It doesn't look clean at all. No. But yes. Let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, so we're going to our Count of the Dead. We're going to tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Friday the 13th, Part 3? As always, the Jason rule. Jason never counts. Of course. Uh, I'm going to say 12. You're going to say 12, and I'm going to say you're correct again. Yes, this is the series I'm confident in. <laughs> you got it. All right, well, that was Greg's Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. I come up with that thing right now. I'm going to do... Because the big one with this movie is they use the 3D as like a gimmick. Yeah. There's fun movie gimmicks, and there's horrible movie gimmicks. So we're going to do movie gimmicks. Oh, I like gimmicks. this one. I like this. A number one movie gimmick is when they do the 3D movie, and it's no, there's no story underneath the 3D movie. It's just about the 3D shots, like the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie in this. Okay. Um, a number 10 version of like an awesome movie gimmick. I'm thinking of like House on Haunted Hill when they would have the skeletons in the theater on the string flying down through the crowd and whatnot. And like uh, that kind of stuff seems fun or like the tingler with Vincent price. They had buzzer seats where like it would yep. buzz seats. It'd be like, Oh, that's almost like an amusement park ride kind of thing. And those movies are still good. Dude, I want to go to one of those 40 X theaters real bad. I've been to one, like, not, like, the extreme ones, but I've been to one where, like, the seat moves and stuff. It's a distracting. Oh, I still think it would be fun. Like, especially, like, a movie you've seen before and everything, that'd be fun. Yeah. Now, like I said, this is 
definitely not my favorite Friday the 13th movie, but still a Friday the 13th movie, so I still have to love it. I think I'm going to give this one a 7. It introduces the hockey mask. I enjoy Shelly. There's a few really good scenes in it. It is very slow burning at the beginning. Um, this is not one that I will really pick to watch alone. Usually it's in like, I'm going to marathon all of them and I have to watch this one. Or sometimes I'll do like the long weekend marathon, I call it, of two, three, and four, because it they all take place over the same weekend. Yeah. Oh boy, we got a discrepancy on this one. All right. So I want to start off mine. How you said you love this, so you always rate them high. Yeah. I stopped myself from rating it high just because I love the series. Because I went to go put a number out there. I'm like, let's take a step back, Greg, and look at this as a movie <sighs> and not just a Friday the 13th movie. So, look, I love this series. This is just one of those bottom tier ones in it. I got to go. Yeah, I'm going two and a half theater. Wow. Out of 10. Oh, my God. Yeah, this I is really the, the like 13th movie, Greg. Yeah, I really don't like it. This one. I like it just because it's Friday the 13th. And there's the moments I like can be summed up with some Jason shots. But the problem is I get them for like 10 seconds at a time. And then it's me back to not liking this movie. Well, that's like when I was mad during the Rocky Horror one when you gave it a 9, not a 10. This one I'm just disappointed of just like, really? Like, come on, man, it's our boy. It's our lake boy. I know it is, but you gotta take a step back and realize, yes, it's our lake boy, but everyone else in this isn't our lake boy and everything else sucks. Oh, and I love seeing them get killed. Yeah, that's why it's a two and a half. Okay. Yeah, I can't do that. Like, Friday the 13th, it's just so top tier in my mind. I could not ever. Like, if I gave it that low of a rating, check on me, because I'm going to be dead the next day. I'm just like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> my thing's like, I, I really, like, because my original thing, I put a five. And I was like, you're only putting it a five because it's Friday the 13th and you love this series. I'm like, you, you can't give it a five. Yeah. I mean, if I were to be honest... Like, it just look at this movie by itself, it would be lower, yes, but I can't do that. That's fine. But we did the good one today, too. Yes. <laughs> those ones got very high scores, that last one. Yes, exactly. And we get another Friday the 13th coming in October. Yeah, I love doing the Friday the 13th double features. We'll probably double feature the October one again, too. But I'm also, as of right now, this is, of course, filmed, uh, not filmed, recorded before Friday the 13th, of course. So there may be news today about the Crystal Lake show. I'm willing to put money on two things. Number one, we get news today, Friday the 13th, about the Crystal Lake show. Number two, it's going to be that it's being released on Friday the 13th in October. I'm I'm not betting against you because I think that exact same thing. And if they don't do that, they're dumb. It's like where yeah, they exactly. release the Halloween movies in July. Yeah, Rob Zombie. Yeah, or Hocus Pocus when that was released in the summer. What are you doing? Yes. All right, but I hope everyone had a good Friday the 13th. Yes, definitely. Make sure to watch as many of them as you can. Um, if you only have time for a couple of them, maybe skip part three. Just listen to us bitch about it. <laughs> but unless you got anything else, man. No, that's all I got. All right, well, happy Friday the 13th, and we hope that Friday the 13th Part 3 has left your brain throbbing with horror. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there.
Well, that was a fun episode, wasn't it? Be sure you tune in next week for another fun episode. And be sure to check out all our social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin. I hear the guy that runs them is really great.